Heavenly Father, we come before you this evening in gratitude of who you are in our lives. We pray, God, that as we focus on marriage, that you continue to be at the center of everything that we do as couples. Um, teach us, grow us, uh, allow us to fall deeply in love with each other. And God, as your word says, uh, unite us as one. We pray these things in your precious and powerful name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and get started. And I'm going to share my screen. Um, getting way better at this than we were at the beginning, um, I think. So let me, uh, let me get rid of this. Oh, everybody see that? Give me a yes or a thumbs up. Um, yes. Perfect. Hey, so welcome to Marriage Mondays. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the, pers the law of pursuit. Um, now, I, I know that might sound scary because sometimes when we think about pursuits, uh, we think about a couple of things. Either we think about the police because we've been stopped or we think about a lot of hard work. And we're going to talk about both of those. No, not the police, but we'll talk about the hard work and what that looks like. And uh, we'll talk about the pursuing of each other in marriage. Um, like always, here is kind of the breakdown of what this is going to look like. And this is probably why I need this, right? So. Um, when God created marriage, he also created laws to govern it and guide it. He created marriage to be orderly and predictable and the safest human relationship on earth. We honor his laws of love. We live our married lives in peace and safety. And someone said, amen. Um, and uh, we're, we're following the, the, the four laws of love. It's a book by Dr. Jimmy Evans and a great book. Um, if you guys want a copy, grab the copy, uh, Kindle, um, paperback. Um, if, you'd like. if you'd like, if not, you can just follow along. But the premise of the book is um, Genesis chapter two, verses 24 and 25. This is God speaking to Adam and Eve. And he says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked and the man and his wife had no shame or weren't ashamed. So what we covered so far uh, in marriage Mondays is the law of priority. Uh, if you missed those, I highly encourage you guys to go back to the podcast and catch up on those. Um, I know that we've been getting a lot of traffic even outside of the, the community here. So it's really it, it's really exciting to see all that. So I encourage you guys. Um, they're about 45, maybe 50 minutes long. So on the way to Tri-Cities or on the way to groceries or wherever, or if you're running, if you're like healthy, if you're still on that, if you're still on that health high from the New Year's resolutions or whatever, um, whatever it is, just go back and just take a listen. Um, we, we go back and listen to them every now and then, and they're just really, really cool to hear, right? But we're going to start the law of pursuit. And in the law of pursuit, there's going to be broken down into one, two, three, four weeks. Um, and, and we're going to talk about what, what it means to have pursuit in mind when it comes to marriage. I know that uh, when we were dating, uh, sometimes uh, one, per, one party pursued the other party a lot more aggressively. And as we get married, if we can all come to an agreement tonight, sometimes that pursuit um, kind of takes a nosedive because we get comfortable, uh, because uh, we get uh, how do busy. You put, busy? Kid, there you go. Kiddos. Busy with kids, busy with work, busy with life things, and uh, and in the in the busyness or in the lack thereof pursuit, sometimes in marriage it can feel dull, it can feel numb, it can feel. Like we're quote unquote falling out of love, and uh, we'll talk about why that's a, a lie to fall out of love with your with your spouse, um, and what God says about that. But I just want to come to this understanding that we are 
pursuing each other all the time. Okay. Just because we're married doesn't mean that the pursuit stops. Amen. If we can remember men, when we were dating, uh, the things that we would say, the things that we would do, the ways that we would act, right? I promised Blanca the moon. I'm still trying to figure that out. But I mean, th those are the those are the cheesy uh, catchphrases that we. Are. I'll I'll go get you the moon if you if you wanted, right? And uh, those are the things that we 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 kind of lose focus on when we get married, right? Ah, oh, I'm married. We're comfortable. Uh, she already has me. I'm way more than enough, right? <laughs> and. Uh, and I laugh because sometimes that's not even true, but we'll get there. And, uh, and we're getting into these conversations to where pursuit in marriage is a crucial thing. Like prioritizing each other in marriage was a crucial thing. Um, you know, the, just to go back and, and talk a little bit about, um, talk a little bit about what we, what we went over the pursuit of priority, right? this relationship should have the first priority in our lives outside of God, it then should be your spouse. And if it's not your spouse then something's completely broken, right? Because as parents, sometimes we put our kids before our spouse or as friends, sometimes we put our friends before our spouse or our jobs or our hobbies. And when that happens, we are creating atmospheres for our spouse to compete against and, um, and getting into that conversation with each other saying, okay, Number one, I want to make sure that I'm committed to you, that I love you, that you are my priority, right? I want not only to say that, but to live that out. And, and to live that out is this right here, the law of pursuit. So to pursue with great energy, to cling to something zealously. I think I said that right. Um, zealously. 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 I've always heard it as zeal, right? Yeah. Zeal is like with, with great vigor, with, with, with great <laughs> enthusiasm. There you go. Yes. Um, now it's really funny because like, well, like we said in the beginning, when we're, when we're dating, uh, there's nothing that we won't change. There was nothing that we wouldn't do. There, there wasn't rules that we wouldn't break to be, to be with each other. Um, and, and just to go and hang out and, and be in communion with each other. I remember being on the phone all night long, falling asleep and waking up with Blanca in my ear. And, and those were the things that, you know, drove me to just want to be with her. And I can almost guarantee that all of us in this room, it drives us to want to be with each other as well. And uh, so I highly encourage that we practice these things because whether we expect it or not, most of us believe that if we marry the right person, we should not have to work at the relationship to stay in love. It should just happen. You want to chime in on that? You think you think you think that marrying me is was just super easy? It was easy, but I think that in any relationship, it, it takes work. Right. Even in a friendship, it just doesn't happen. I think two people have to put in their hundred percent in order to cultivate that relationship. I like that. So Understand this, just because we got married to the right person and we believe that God ordained this marriage doesn't mean that we should give up working. Relationships take effort. They take time. They take vulnerability. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that. They take great emotional um, um, vulnerability. Uh, they also take physical effort, right? Um, because the reality is this is the greatest example of the gospel that we can ever show to anybody, our kids, our family, our friends, this world, right? Right. 
So if we give up on this relationship, essentially we're saying that we have no hope for anything else. So be aware, just because you married the right person doesn't mean that we have to give up work or that love should just happen. Love just doesn't happen, right? I think the rom-coms in Hollywood make it seem that way, right? I like what Dr. Evan says about that. He says, um, you know, some of the greatest things that we are given as a society are rom-coms because they're just great movies, but some of the worst relationships that ever come out of humanity are the actors that portray those rom-coms because, you know, you know, they're, they're always getting divorced, separated, or they have marital issues or whatever. And, you know, he says this, it's, it's a really funny quote. He goes, why are we taking advice from people who can't figure it out themselves, right? But when we go into scripture, we can see these things. Now, here are some questions that I want you guys to take a picture of or write down and, and answer with each other on your own time. And I'll not read them aloud just so that you can hear them audibly. And so you can start already processing them already. So, right. Number question number one, how hard did you work at impressing them? Now that's your spouse. Okay. Not anybody else. It's just, but how hard did you work? Remember love letters, dinner dates. Um, I made a mixed CD for Blanca at one time, you know, that was, that was, that was a lot of hard work, right? Had a, uh, use uh, Napster at the time, but we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Um, you know, how much time did you spend preparing yourself physically? Right. Um, I'm going to confess something. Um, not, not much, but, but I did try, right. How much care, how careful were you with the words that you spoke? Right. You, you wanted to be, um, you wanted that person to see the best of you, your the best side of you, right? So you you were held back and you were trying not to get mad or angry or upset. Let's just be honest, right? How much energy did you exert serving and trying to please them? Um, I think we all have stories, right? Uh, the sacrifices that we made to go to please our spouse or our then boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, and the last question. Do you resent having to work at your relationship with your spouse? Now, that's a deeper one than the first four for a reason, because that's essentially what we're going to start talking about today, um, about how we um, get to a place to where resentment sometimes takes place um, in the relationship. So you guys good? Everybody well? Let's continue forward. And so, you, and you may probably answer these questions as we are going through the the presentation here. Um, just keep in mind, keep your mics muted, yeah, <laughs> or we'll hear your conversation. If you guys want like marital counseling and stuff, and you guys fight, <laughs> we'll stop and take a break for you, right? But like in all things, exercise exercise is key, right? You want to stronger physical body, you exercise, you, you want to learn a new skill, you exercise that skill, you, you want to achieve a goal, there's there's a process to achieving the goal, right? So here it is, you will begin to work at your relationship, you will soon, the bed. You will soon see the relationship of your feelings. Uh, and express that you thought, uh, sorry, you express that you thought were good are we're gone for good now sorry that i that i messed that up trying to control zoom and everything else here but um just getting to a place to where as you work on your marriage as you work on the relationship you're going to start to see feelings that were resurrected that maybe you think are dead right just just be honest we we've all have friction in our marriage and and, and I, I tell blanca this all the time and it's not something to be naive or either arrogant but 
friction in relationship is often a good thing because without friction, there's no movement. Um, in our in marriage, friction allows us to grow, allows us to move forward, allows us to continue to, to have new goals, visions, and dreams. We've talked about the things that we talk about on our birthdays and our anniversaries, right? How we set new, 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 uh, new standards for a lot of things. And we ask the question, what's next? And oftentimes there's moments in our marriage where, where that friction just becomes a little too hard. And when we rely more on the friction being hard, those feelings that we quote unquote had for each other start to be null or dulled down. Now, when we start to work on the relationship, those feelings then become resurrected as uh, Dr. Evans would say, and we start to experience the things that we thought were gone for good. So it's so good, right? But here's an example of what Jesus is talking about um, in marriage and how we then should cleave to our spouses. Now, the joke was at the beginning, cleave, when we think about the word cleave is usually we think about a butcher. When we cleave, it's to cut something out, right? But when when Jesus talks about it, or when God was talking about cleaving to your spouse, he wasn't talking about cutting your spouse out of certain areas in your life. He was talking about attaching yourself physically, emotionally, spiritually to your spouse in all areas of your life. And then Jesus at the, in the book of Revelations, chapter two, verse five says this, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen and repent and do these deeds you did at first. Now, there's three main takeaways from tonight's lesson. And number one is this. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Wow, that's that's a humongous statement, because when we remember where we are failing or when we remember where we are having our shortcomings, then we have the clarity to start working on fixing and producing solutions. So number one here, and I'm going to read through these um, really quick. And if you want to chime in, chime in, I encourage you to, right? But however, Jesus called it a sin of losing your first love for him. He knows why. Um, he knows why we lost it too. Now it's a it's a really interesting thing because you don't think of the book of Revelations as something that can equate to marriages or what that looks like um, as as for today. But understand that Jesus was talking to the church of Ephesus and he was saying, "Hey guys, remember that you used to love me. Remember all the things that you used to do when you were a new Christian, right? Everything that you." would give up your, your willingness to get in, your willingness to serve, your willingness just to be, be about that life, be all about me, but you lost it somewhere. Now we can have, again, the, the plethora of, of excuses of why we think we lose quote unquote or fall out of love with Jesus or with our spouse. But Jesus here is asking us to do a simple thing. Remember from where, remember from where you have, fallen, where, where you started to separate yourself from the relationship. We stopped working at the relationship and protecting it as our first priority. And I think that's a great starting point to remember where we fall. Sometimes we put things, like I've said, in front of our spouse. We put other priorities in front of our spouse. If it's our kids, our job, our friends, our hobbies, whatever it is, that is a moment of falling, right? And then it says this, he knows the essential strengths of true love. That is not an emotion. He knows it is a decision 
of the will. I, I love that statement because every day we have the choice to get up in the morning and say, I love you, not only in our words, but in our actions. Now, I can tell my wife, I love you all day long, but if I don't show her with my actions that my love is real for her, then those just becomes those become words of vanity, right? And um, am I missing something? No. Do, do, you, do you love me? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Come on, somebody. Yes, I do. And uh, you, you, getting into these, Jesus knows that love is not just an emotion, right? Love in the Greek is the word agape, which means a commitment to love and to do what is right for someone else, regardless of circumstances or emotions. Agape love, love with no conditions, love that never gives up, love that never fails, love that continues to seek and pursue that other person, no matter how you're feeling. Now, that's something that is, you know, can be a little difficult. How am I supposed to love my spouse when they don't reciprocate that feeling? Again, love the way God intended love to be in marriage is way more than an emotion. It's an action. Now, like we mentioned a uh, couple of slides back, um, when you start to exercise those, those, those actions, God starts to move. And we'll talk about what that means, right? Now, God, God's standard and foundation for love is a commitment to act in another's best interest, regardless of how you feel. Um, again, you're prioritizing your spouse. My priority in life is God, then my wife, then my kids, then everything else, right? So if I have that in order, I'm living by God's standards of marriage as my responsibility for the husband. Likewise, wives also have that commitment. They have to make the choice to say, hey, it's God, my spouse, husband, my kids, and then everything else. And if we live that way, we then live by God's standards and foundation of what he committed us to do, right? First steps. This first step means that we're remembering the joyous details of our happy and giving actions to the beginning when the relationship was so exciting and fulfilling. I love that because it, it kind of puts us into a practice mode. It, it puts us into a purposeful mode. It puts us into a mode of, I remember what it was like dating my wife. I remember the excitement every time she would call uh, or the text messages or, you know, the her her asks when she would say, hey, can you go do this for me? There was no hesitation. Now in marriage is like, ah, I don't want to do it or whatever. But when we have this moment of remembering, moment of saying, hey, I know where I came from. I know what I'm doing. I, I know where we're going. We can then remember that the joy is in the, in the happiness I was at the beginning. Amen. Yep. And okay. once we remember um, the actions that our love was built on, then we're ready for step two. Right. Now, step two is a scary step. I'm not going to say that it's not because when we think about this word, number two is repent. Uh, sometimes we get a, a little turned off. Um, we get a little shaken or we get a little scared. But the word translate, the word translated repent in the Bible means to change your mind. It also means to turn around and do an about face. Repent. There's uh, oftentimes in our marriage where we can get into uh or dig our heels in, I guess is the correct verbiage, uh, over an issue or over, you know, a, a want or a need um, of, some, of some sorts. And uh, we don't want to repent. 
we want our spouse to completely cave into what we're saying. Um, but scripture teaches us that when we repent, God moves in the repentance and, and things start to change. We must change directions or repent in order to be healed. Right. That is, that is huge. When was the last time you looked at your wife and say, babe, I'm sorry. I repent for treating you this way, or I'm sorry. I repent for acting out this way or, you know, getting into that conversation of what in a marriage needs to be healed and how do we move forward from that? Well, you can't move forward from that unless there's repentance in the heart, unless there's this intentional action to make an about face, turn, turn from your ways and change your mind towards the things that are putting your spouse first. Now, here's when Jesus tells us to repent, here is what he means. Remembering the fervent actions and the right attitudes you displayed at the beginning of the relationship. You are to change any actions and attitudes currently being displayed that are different from those at the beginning. True repentance includes three ingredients. Somebody like to read those three ingredients. Um, number one, acknowledging the truth, revelation. Two, admitting you were wrong, confession. And three, adjusting your direction, action. Thanks, guys. It's amazing how that works, right? You have a revelation, hey, I was wrong. Then you have a confession, right? I was wrong. And then there's an action. How do then do I fix it so that we can correct what needs to be broken? When we repent, things start to happen. Scripture would teach us that in the moment of repentance, God then can make us a new creation. And, and if, in, and if in, in our marriage, there needs to be moments of repentance, because again, sometimes it, it becomes dull. It becomes just like, ah, just, we're just becoming roommates versus spouses. And we're supposed to have these vibrant relationships, right? Because God is calling us to a relationship of vibrance, but we need to have moments of repentance too. Because in Romans of repentance, we can then be healed. We can then go forward, we can then get into a moment where God can then start shifting everything in our marriage. Now, when we have where we have fallen, when we remember where we've fallen, when we, rep when we repent, we can then move into number three, do the deeds you did at first. Invest your time and energy into the relationship, regardless of how you feel in the process. Then the positive emotions and first love will come when the work is done, just as it did in the, in the relationship or when the relationship was new. Make a commitment today. This is what I want you guys to do. This is part of the homework, right? Make a commitment today to work at your relationship as you reject any wrong information from the world about the false brand of love, right? You look like you have something to say. Oh, keep going. Oh, okay. It all depends on your willingness to obey God's commandment to cleave. Remember, you're cleaving, not cleaving to your spouse. If you make the decision to pursue your spouse with energy and diligence, you will quickly find its labor of love to which you will become addicted, not hard, grueling work. Um, let's do that. Right. Let's let's get back into the exciting moments of our relationship when when the relationship was new and fresh, when when we felt like nothing could stand in our way. Right. When we would tell our spouse, it's me and you versus the world type moments. Um, and we're getting into those conversations. So you will experience the wonderful truth that marriage gets stronger and more satisfying every day when you do it God's way. And we all said, amen.
So understand again, God created marriage to be healthy. God created marriage to be strong. God created marriage to be peaceful. And when we do it God's way, we're going to experience the wonderful truth of marriage. I mean, I love that because that gives me hope that in 40 years, as we continue our marriage and be stronger, um, that we're going to still be acting like a bunch of 18 year olds because that's what God wants us to live out like. Amen. Like 18 year olds? Yeah, why not? Okay. 80, 18, kind of the same thing, right? 80 going on 18. <laughs> now, here's what Proverbs 14, 23 says. In all the labor, there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. So essentially in layman's terms is don't talk about it, be about it, because when you just talk about it, nothing happens. But when you're about it, a lot of things happen, right? <laughs> I so, like that description. You like that? Yes. That's uh, the translation of Larry, I guess. I don't even know what to say that, right? <laughs> so we're going to talk about the servant rules. Now, my wife has um, a lot more input on this and what the book would say then about the servant rules. Servant rules are these um, characteristics that we should then have um, in our marriage daily. Servant rules are the law, are a humongous part of the law of pursuit. The law of pursuit can be summarized by these simple truths. Marriage only works when we work at it. Come on, somebody, right? But the greatest among you shall be your servant. That was Jesus talking to his disciples about serving humanity, serving each other. Now, babe, I'm going to let you explain <laughs> the servant rules. Okay, so, um, so this the third law. It is a second law. Second law. <laughs> second law. I know it seems like a long time, but we're, we're barely at the beginning, babe. <laughs> because we are um, at our in our second law of pursuit. Um, in order to be pursuing our spouse, we need to be thinking about the word serve and what we do to serve our spouse um, in order to express or to show and demonstrate how we are pursuing them in our marriage. So as you can see, the acronym SERVE represents a few things that um, Dr. Jimmy Evans describes um, ways that we can pursue our spouse. So again, you can take a picture of this slide or, or write it down, um, but it just describes how we can better serve our spouse. So the first one is S, serve what your spouse needs in spite of what you need, want, or understand. So I don't know, for those of you that have been joining us since the very beginning, um, we talked about like the four major needs of a woman in a marriage, and then the four needs of a man in a marriage. I'll give you one. And that's security. Two, open and honest communication leadership, and soft, non-sexual affection. And then the four major needs of men. Anyone want to take a wild guess in the chat? I, can, I, can, I can't I, see your I, faces. I can, guess, I can guess number one. So it's hard to look at the camera because I feel like I'm not, I don't have an audience. Well, just look at the names. Right? Like Mike and Kayla. That's what I'm doing. There we go. Monica, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. It's very hard. <laughs> I feel so um, intimidated. I can't look at. I can't look at the camera. That's better, babe, because you don't have an audience. 
<laughs> They're cooking up some dinner. Thank you for joining us. Coming over later. Okay. Um, words of affirmation. Ooh, that could probably fall under the category of honor and respect. Maybe. The next one is touch, which could probably go under sex. That's the second um, the second need. Friendship with his wife, right? Not like um, someone who's nagging or someone who's just there for the ride but wants to be there. And domestic support because we love to show you how to do your laundry and wash the dishes. <laughs> so those are the major needs. So four major needs in women, four major needs in men. Um, and so when we think about serving our spouse, we are thinking about serving and meeting those needs um, and the wants and, and understand them in the way that, in a genuine way. Um, E is enjoy serving your spouse and do it with a joyful attitude, not because uh, we do it in a sort of like, well, I did this for you. Now you got to do this for me. Right. But more because we out of our love and out of our. Um, desire to serve desire to serve. Yes. I was looking, <laughs> thinking about a good word. Um, so I think that regularly we need to be asking our spouse, like, you know, what, or, or better yet, knowing what your, their love language is. And mm -hmm. I think, um, I think that was, almost I want to say it's Nieves so. and Val that we're putting down some of the love languages, words of affirmation, touch. Angie, Angela, respect. Mm -hmm. So some of the, knowing what their love language is will help us better serve and do it with more with a joyful attitude um, and regularly asking our spouse, you know, am I meeting your needs and desires? Mm. And maybe not so much like in that language, but um, is there anything that I need to be doing or what can I do for you? Mm. Um, I know I like it when Alex um, knows that it's going to be a busy evening um, either because, you know, we have meetings or church or, or whatever it is. Um, if he knows he's going to be either home before me or I'm going to be home before him, we always check in and say like, you know, what do you need to get done? What do you need to get done so that it's a smooth ride to the church or, you know, so I think those are just important things to keep in mind right. as you're serving your spouse. Um, the next one, because I know we have, oh no, we're still good with time. Um, rejects scorekeeping. Mm. Should be a hyphen right there. Reject scorekeeping and do what you do with a spirit of grace and faith. Come on, somebody. And Larry will, or Alex will talk a little bit more about that one. I, I think that that means um, when we fight, not to say last time or bring the old stuff back, right? Well, you used to, or you've said that. And like that conversation, like 10 years old, you know what I mean? I remember when, or, or getting to that, but rejecting scorekeeping in the sense of, Hey, I have forgiven you because there has been an act of repentance. Now I'm going to serve you with a spirit of grace and faith. Now, when we serve with grace, understand that grace is a, a twofold thing. Grace is me giving of myself with no expectations of anything in return. And then grace also empowers us to continue to be strong in the relationship 
And when we talk about faith in the relationship, I know that my wife or my spouse has my best interest at hand. Even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it, I'm still believing, for example, that when I come home and Blanca says, hey, I need your help with either the kids or with X, Y, or Z so that we can get to the next chapter of our day, that she has the best intentions for our family so that we can continue to move forward, right? Yeah. And I think also it it it's not about like having that attitude of like, I'll give you this for that, right? Like, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back type of thing. Right, because that could be, that becomes a, a relationship then of commerce. Yes. Right. That yes. If, if you please me, I'll please you. Or and then all of a sudden it's a transactional relationship. And at the end of the day, that doesn't work because if I do something for you and you don't do something for me, then all of a sudden I quote unquote fall out of love with you and then go find somebody else that can meet that transactional need for me. Now, that is not what scripture says or the Bible gives us about any example of marriage. What it does say, hey, serve and serve freely. Right. So. Yeah. In Luke uh, 627. Um, yeah, I'll say back scratching is so underrated. <laughs> hey, if, that, if, that's, if that's your love language or physical touch, bro, we'll, we'll talk about that later. I don't know. What that, was a good, that was a good one. <laughs> that was great. Oh, that was a good laugh. Okay. So Luke 627. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for mm-hmm. those who spitefully use you and god's word is so powerful not that like in your marriage like your enemies but sometimes you know small arguments start or or fights start in small arguments Mm -hmm. and i'm not talking about like physical fights but like just major arguments i guess but um or they can start with like sarcastic remarks or um uh, actions that are neglectful and those things just start to build up and resentment can start to build. And when we're talking about scorekeeping, we start keeping kind of that list of all of those small um, little remarks. Right. Right. Um, And, and we don't want, we don't want that. We want to be able to continue to um, uh, build that small flame into, Mm. you know, into a forest fire. (laughs) Into a destructive fire. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. <laughs> oh, man. You'd follow or get out of our way. <laughs> so I think it's just very important to be able to not keep records, kind of like what First Corinthians 13 says. No Love records keeps no records of, of, wrong. of any wrongs, right? Yeah. No, keep going. Okay. V. So the V is vigilantly protect the time and energy necessary to serve your spouse. I think this goes back to, I don't think it goes back to, um, the law of priority, priority, right? right? Where we think about, you know, are we really prioritizing not just our marriage, but our spouse as an individual prioritizing that time, um, with our spouse and cultivating our marriage. And so this, this goes back to that. It's, it's being vigilant about, um, how we're spending, um, that time with our spouse. And the last one. Expect to be blessed and don't get discouraged and give up. Oh, I like that because when we set expectations of blessing in our marriage, 
that is kind of setting us up for success. When we expect our wife to be a blessing or when we expect ourselves to be a blessing to our spouse, then we have a kind of a setup plan. We have a plan. We have a purpose. We have intentionality. And when that doesn't happen, don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Move. The Bible would say this. Move on to the next thing. Ignore the ignorant. Ignore the foolish. Move on to the next thing. Right. And, and, I, and I say that in the context of this, because sometimes in marriage, we try one thing. It doesn't work. Uh, we get really discouraged. Well, I'm never going to try that again, or I'm not even going to try at all. And um, when we have that attitude about what we're doing in marriage, then it becomes just like, well, I tried. It didn't work. So I'm not going to try again. And then we're just going to be here cohabitating versus saying, if that didn't work, maybe we should try this. Or if that didn't work, I'm going to try this. Uh, essentially, this never ending cycle of saying, hey, I want to be a blessing to my spouse. Because that is what God has called me. Because when I'm a blessing to myself, then that's a physical act of servanthood, right? These are the servant rules, these things that make the law of pursuit so tangible, so real, something that we can actually physically achieve. And uh, I encourage you, I think we encourage you to practice these things as we are learning to practice these things in our marriage too, right? Yeah. And I think, I know you're talking about being a blessing to your spouse, but I don't, and maybe, you know, in your marriage at this time, you are going through something difficult. Maybe there is something that you are sorting out and having to figure out in your, with your spouse. And I think that, you know, God doesn't want us to focus on, on the behavior. He wants us to focus in his promise. Mm. And I think that sometimes we may jump to conclusions and jump to our own results or having to problem solve it on our own, that we don't allow that blessing to arrive because we are so focused on, I'm trying to figure this out or you're not figuring it out for me. And we throw in that towel. We just want, mm. we give up because we don't see any um, immediate results. Right. And I just encourage, we encourage you to just keep fighting for your marriage, keep depending on God and waiting in his promise. Um, he definitely created what this uh, most uh, sacred um, relationship is. And he, he promises to take care of us. And um, I think in just the times that we're living um, we just trust our own strength in our marriage. And, and that's why we see so many uh, marriages end up in divorce. But when we trust in the promise, uh, we're, we're, that's not an option. And I think right. that I just, we just encourage you that you continue fighting for that marriage. Um, not alone, not with your spouse, but like his word says, uh, it's a, a three cord, a three, str a three stranded cord, cord um, with God in the center. So. Right. That's our encouragement for you tonight. That was a word, babe. That was, I kept going, preaching. Come on, somebody get excited. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, um, real quick. Um, we want to give this time for any input or any um, verbal confirmation of any practical ways that you guys serve your spouse that you can share that works for you. Because again, sometimes we try all by ourselves and we can listen to us speak about, you know, the importance of serving in our relationship and the pursuit of, of our spouse. But Sometimes we don't have all the answers or not even sometimes oftentimes we don't have all the answers. And, you know, if something is working for you guys and you guys say, Hey, you know what, this has worked for us in the past is currently working. We kind of want to highly encourage the conversation here because we grow together. We serve together. We love together. Um, the reality is that 
this is part of life. Um, scripture says there is wisdom in the multitude of people. And um, just want to open up the, the next few moments of, for that. So go ahead and unmute yourselves, turn on your cameras. doesn't really matter if you have um, bedhead or not, but whatever you want. Um, I know that Blanca talked about, um, you know, the, the conversations that we have. And again, this is something practical that we practice. And, you know, Alex and Monica are witnesses to this. But there's moments, for example, today where Blanca had a late meeting. I got home a little earlier to set up all of this at our house. Uh, I got home, bathed the kids, all three of them, prepared dinner, cleaned the kitchen, and then we were ready to go for this. Not because I'm a super human person, but because I know the importance and how, um, you know, tired my wife gets from all day meetings and the relationship aspect of that. Um, and vice versa. She knows that when I have things that are going on at church, Thanks, she, she, she takes care of the things that need to get taken <laughs> care of. And uh, we move forward in synchronous. I'm a good wife. So um, like I've mentioned before, I'm still working on telepathy. Once I figure that out, I'll let you guys know how it works. Um, as, as of right now, I have no go. Um, anybody else have anything to add? Um, I, I know that Again, there's some of you guys in this who have been married a long longer than we have and can bring a lot more um, perspective into a lot of things or have children probably that are a lot older than ours and uh, can say, hey, it's going to be okay or if it's gonna, not going to be okay. So um, you balance your situation today like you balanced yourself on a ladder. Great work. Oh. <laughs> Bro, that was the, scary. The, the, the shoes, it was all the shoes. I'm just going to put in that. So a couple questions, um, hopefully to get either the chat going or. Are you guys have unmuted? <laughs> uh, how is rejecting scorekeeping a way of serving your spouse? And this is just based on our conversations today or our lecture. <laughs> We're trying to make it a conversation. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, go ahead and chime in. Uh, I don't know how you can do that in an email. Email us, I guess. Info at Bethel.one. And, uh, and just go for that. And, um, but again, how, how is rejecting scorekeeping a way of serving your spouse? Yeah. In person. Uh, <laughs> Alex, Alex wants to know what the question was. Always keep track. Always keep track. No, bro. You missed the point completely, bro. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm making dinner. So I'm up one. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Wow. Awesome. That's awesome. No, yes. All right. Go ahead and answer that then in, in, in your in your personal conversations. We'll move on to the next one. What does serving with great at with a great attitude look like? Now, can 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 we just like all be real? Sometimes we're like serving our spouse and we're not the best attitudes, like, oh, I can't believe I have to do this. If I don't do this, then I'm gonna get into more trouble. Like the reality is that's not serving. That is um acting out from a place of either bitterness or malice, but I'm going to, I'm going to chime here. I think, I think serving with a great attitude of, uh, or what the great attitude looks like knowing the needs of your spouse. Again, this is my personal response, knowing the needs of your spouse um, before they even ask for the help and willing to say, Hey, you know what? I know I had something to do, but I'm, I'm going to be okay because you're my first priority. Boom. Yes. Ooh, brownie points. Come on, somebody. Um, oh, am I on? Yes, you are. Yeah, you are. 
Oh. We're live with Larry uh, and Blanca. Welcome to the show. What is it? What does serving with a great attitude look like? Um, I just threw it out there to make him laugh, but taking turns picking up dog poop. Ooh. <laughs> he, I hate doing dog it, people? but I know he doesn't like doing it either, so <laughs> we take turns. That's awesome. Yes. I guess it's my turn this week. I guess she's missing the point because I think it's it's a it's a doing it without expecting anything in return, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, she pick, she picks up the poop. You wash the dishes. That's like that, right? That that seems like a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good one. You know, this is this is why I this is why I believe that what God would say. A man should leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife. This relationship has value, has purpose. You can laugh about picking up poop. Who in the world, who else in the world can you laugh about picking up poop? Nobody. You go to your coworkers and be like, hey, I needed to pick up poop. It was just, it's not a laughable thing, but you can go to your wife and be like, hey, today it's your turn to pick up poop. Right? Sorry if you're listening to this later on. I thought about doing it today, but it was cold. Yeah, it freeze over (laughs) <laughs> just buy one of those yard Roombas a yard Roomba there is what? a yard Roomba but it's made my uh by the, the the brand that has the H on it it's like a gray and orange machine anyway they're expensive they're like 3500 bucks so here we go this is the assignment for the week and we'll let you guys go it's 755 so um between you and your spouse would somebody love to read the homework oh, for today why babe we're already we sound <laughs> awesome on these mics Oh, yes. Never Take mind. Take we'll read it because we have the mic. But now that you've interrupted, go ahead and read the question. Okay. Go for it, you. Okay. So the homework for this week between you and your spouse: find a way to serve your spouse in a unique way. Hide love notes for them around the house, or bring them home their favorite dessert. Whoa. Do another chores for them, mm. like picking up poop. Make them feel special and tell them how much you love them. Mm. So, so what I what I what I interpreted is that you're gonna you're gonna write me love notes all week. You're gonna bring me my desserts every every day, and I'm gonna just sit back and enjoy my movies. No, because you have to do your homework too. Yeah, that's my homework. I'm just gonna be <laughs> re- receiving. <laughs> oh man! All right. Now I got you. We'll get it. We'll get it done. We'll get it done. Cool. Uh, with that as continued, uh, we'll keep you guys updated. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys so much. Yes. Thank you for joining us this evening. Go ahead and pray to dismiss, babe, and then we'll we'll call it good. All right. Dear God, thank you for this awesome time that we get to spend with such wonderful couples, Lord. I pray that you bless their lives and their families and their homes, God, that you continue to be the center, that you continue to um, just impart wisdom and understanding and and guidance, Father, as they lead their families well in you, God. Uh, Be with them that this week that uh, continue to remind them, Lord, of um, just the priority and um, the pursuit in their marriage, God. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.